0: This is All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PADT. Episode 101, a review of what is new in ANSYS Additive 2021 R2, and an update on news and events. Hi there from southwestern Colorado, and to be specific, from our car in the parking lot outside where we're staying in southwestern Colorado. It's uh, 32 degrees outside, so I can't record this outside and I don't want to wake anybody up inside, so um, I decided to come out in the parking lot. So I apologize for the uh, heater noise in the background, but uh, I don't want to die, so I'll have to put up with that. But um, yeah, it's, it's the 15th of November um, in the morning here in southwest, beautiful southwestern Colorado and the sun is rising behind me. Um, it's kind of a, a orange and purpley thing going on, and uh, I hope everybody has a fantastic week. Uh, I'll be driving back to Arizona today after we pack up, but um, I just wanted to um, thank everybody for joining us for the hundredth episode. And uh, here we are at episode one hundred and one, and let's let's keep going and, and keep uh, hopefully adding value to your ancestors experience through this podcast. Um, the um, interview today that we're going to talk about, or actually listen to, is um, with Doug Otis. I sat down with him, but it was warmer outside on my back balcony and on Microsoft Teams, and uh, we talked about ANSYS Additive 2021 R2. So let's listen to what Doug found interesting in that new release. In the same state, I'm down in Pagosa Springs on a little mini vacation. Doug, how's it going?
1: Good. You're only, what, six hours away instead of 14?
0: Yeah, one, oh, one would
1: argue the other side of the Rockies and the
0: other corner right. of the state,
1: but it is the right. same state. You're right, right. Close I enough. still
0: can't buy beer in the grocery store, so I must be
1: in uh, No, you're going to the wrong grocery store. We got rid of that law a while ago. Uh, well, yeah, the, the, the store here by the
0: by uh, cop simpler times <laughs> oh, yes, back in the old days maybe this county is a dry county and they just <laughs> <it>. right right <laughs> well we're not you, here to talk about liquor laws and in, in the state of colorado <laughs> we're here to talk about antics additive and other oh. stuff
1: so oh, i came prepared for with liquor laws <laughs> <That was laughs> content this is a mistake on my part I, I,
0: yeah, yeah going across the line to new mexico i might have to go <laughs> bootlegger. Um, anyway, bootlegger. <laughs> so um yeah, so it's been been you know six months or so since we looked at uh, what's new in additive, and this release seems to be a lot of fixes, a lot of beta features, and things like that. So, what's what's your most favoriteest thing uh, that they put out? Get you most excited? Uh,
1: I mean, you know the the, you know like the the big one that you'll see is like the the variable uh, layer height. Mm. So, um, and I mean you kind of have to. I, I tried to explain this during the webinar, and I probably just completely butchered it but you know each you know when you're solving the model depending on how you mesh it you're essentially you know the the mesh is aligned in the print direction so that each kind of layer height of elements Mm -hmm. represents a certain amount of powder um, deposition layers and stuff like that and so you know if you want to use like old school fea terminology it's almost like a super element you know each one of these is, is a super you know each finite element represents a super layer of actual printed powder. So based off of the machine parameters, we come up with, you know, different uh, thermal boundary conditions for that. Okay. So there's really no reason that you can't group super layers into super, super duper layers kind of, okay. kind of thing. Okay. and So build, you know, so rather than the thermal solver, you know, turning on a layer, applying thermal loads, and mm-hmm. then uh, lather, wrench, repeat your entire way up the, the build process – uh, you just print f- or turn on four layers at a time, or however many layers you right. want. Um, so there's awesome, awesome uh, way to speed up a simulation, but it's one of those like you know it's a Spider-Man uh, uh, situation where great power comes with great responsibility. <laughs> so you know you know the gross behavior doesn't shouldn't change that much, right. but you kind of have to use it uh, intelligently. By that I mean, you know, if you have a lot of support structure, a lot of kind of thin parts that, you, that you're printing and then you you come across and you kind of cap off, you know, depending on what, whatever you're printing, whatever the shape is, mm. you know, as soon as you start changing that cross section in the print direction, now you're going to start introducing all these kind of weird strains that develop ah. as the part, like, starts fighting itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's one of these, like, I think it's great. I think it's a great way if you have a large uh, amount of uh, support structure that you're using in order to print. <laughs> you can race through that and now you can actually get to the to the meat of it yeah. so uh so one you have to use it smart too you have to use a command snippet and okay. and to make it a little more you know hand wavy in the command you don't say print one layer at a time you actually specify print a dimension a dimensional height oh okay. and so if you look at the command it's using that am build and it's there's like two or three commands in there that i always get lost in and so you kind of have to be careful um one it's command snippet and into units so make sure that you're consistent <laughs> when you hit solve that right that's that's right so so you know that's that's the big one that's been one that they've been it's you know we've been talking about it for a bit and so this is the first time where i've seen it you know you know use this <laughs> good, good. kind of thing and uh so, yeah, in, you know, the nice thing is, you know, all the documentation and I, we got a an, an email from the webinar. Someone was asking for uh, information on all the additive stuff. And a lot of the additive documentation is actually really good. Good, Comes with good. Links to, like down, download things and, and all sorts of stuff. So, I, I mean, there's a full example on how to use this uh, in the oh, release perfect. notes. So, so, so yeah, definitely want to. Yeah, use that example then, because it's something you got to play with. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Good. And and then um, I'm just trying to think of the the other ones. um, You know, the AM bond uh, macro, Mm -hmm. that is the way that you connect a voxelized STL uh, support structure, which just sounds like I'm making up words yes, off of the yes. number of adverbs um, in that statement. <laughs> but it's a it's a way, you know, it's it's like the old school C E I and T F are you know yes. kind of tying together to similar meshes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what 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 happens is if there's any kind of penetration or significant penetration between these two uh, node patterns, you wind up with all these weird spikes right. as you start as so as you're running your simulation all of a sudden, you get these weird spikes that don't make any sense. Fixes you just go back, blow that away, or remove that from the AM Connect, uh, and then okay. put bonded contact. But you know, each rev, this gets a bit better at dealing with those kind of things. So uh, you know, that's 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 the good thing. And good. One thing we didn't talk about was um, so I was talking about Workbench Additive. Yes. So <laughs> there's there's multiple products here. Right. So right. so Workbench Additive have the, has that. There's also Um, you know, kind of a, 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 you know, not cleaning houses, completely the wrong word, but combining (laughs) methodologies that are available in additive print versus workbench additive. So, Mm -hmm. you know, both of these tools, you really want to go through and like calibrate it against your machine. So the way that you do that is, you know, you have, I forget whatever, you know, there's there's certain standardized parts that you can print, you Mm -hmm. measure the distortion, Mm -hmm. you plug that in, you see if you can match it. And basically it's it's kind of a direct optimization technique. So additive print had I actually like really like it just from the you know, like simplicity standpoint. Like you go to the additive print, this is outside of workbench. If you're calibrating that software, you download this package, it comes with an Excel file, you punch in your numbers, it says, Hey, maybe try this number. Oh, and nice. so so it's equation-driven. So what's happened on the calibration side in workbench additive. Is that there's uh, an equation-driven optimizer, so it should just basically converge a lot faster than you know Good. the whatever space-filling algorithm. Um, mm-hmm. It's like an LP. It's like six letters long. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not going to pretend of, to to be an lots opt- of uh, opt- yeah.
0: abbreviations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Pour out a bowl of. Uh, pour out a can of uh, alphabet soup, and you'll get the name of an optimizer uh, space filler technique. Um, so yeah. Ap- apologies to the people who. Did yeah. That. Yeah. I, I only say that because I'm not smart enough to remember what it all stands That's for. Right. So yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's really an insult to me. Um, so then you know after that. You know, th- this is the first release where I've seen you know advertised improvements to the additive per- additive science suite and so nice. okay. additive science that is the toolkit that or the tool set that you play with machine parameters you can like a porosity to look at fusion uh, performance mm-hmm. so to make sure you know you're not uh, running your machine um, too fast or right. too much power. Um, and so that solver's been uh, on the porosity side; it's been um, optimized, um, and then on the microstructure. Um, so pre- predicting the grain structure that mm-hmm. that's a two-stage solve. So you solve for the thermal performance, what happens thermally, then you solve what happens mechanically. And older revs um, only one of those solves was parallelized, so okay. now they're both. Or, or the majority, ninety percent of it's been parallelized. So, uh, should be able to get significantly better scaling um, mm-hmm. on more cores. So, so those are those are the two big, uh, big ones. Um, and just to make it even more confusing, uh, I'll talk about beta at the very end. Okay, we'll talk about beta at the end. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, then the other thing on, you know, shape or any optimization. So, mm-hmm. um, on the workbench project page. It's not topology optimization anymore, because oh, okay. that, that, was, that was a lie anyways, right? It did more <laughs> than topology optimization. It is structural optimization, so that's where okay. you'll find topology optimization, shape optimization, yeah. lattice optimization. So okay. if you're playing around with infills, you're playing around with um, you know distorting the mesh or a standard topology mm-hmm. optimization, and even yeah. that has two different methodologies to it. Right. So, um, you know, the nice thing is a lot of the, the updates or the, the, you know, highlights are on the shape optimization and having it uh, work off of stress. Okay. And so what you can do is you can feed it, you know, kind of a standard fillet or chamfer, however you want to connect two different parts. And then it'll kick the nodes around and reduce the stress. And not only reduce the stress and, you know, you'll see, you know, big savings there. But you can also work on accumulated plastic strain. And oh, so that good. way you can run a simulation and capture if there's yielding. Or mm-hmm. you can run it and have it basically morph the mesh so that you're no longer getting yielding. Nice. So you know, this is great from, you know, mm-hmm. you know this isn't um, additive specific. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's obviously going to depend on what your manufacturing capabilities are, but if you're just trying to do a, a real quick pass and come up with, with an optimized simulation and just make sure that, you know, you have some hope of surviving a, you know, a fatigue environment, you know, the, the <laughs> very worst thing that you can do in a fatigue environment is yield it, yeah, right? exactly. and so yeah. And so you can try to knock down that stress as much as you can before you ever go into, you know, your validation simulations to look at your fatigue performance. And so, you know, those those are the big ones. I think there were like four or five slides just going over um, uh, uh, that the stress and plastic strain optimization.
0: that's handy. I think that's one of those things that people had to
1: kind of do by hand in the past. So good. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I mean, any type of nonlinear behavior yeah. is tricky in, uh, you know, a, a gradient solver, right? Right. It's just, exactly. It's and, 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 and so, no longer linear. <laughs> right. Right. So, you know, that's 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 the big one. Um, and then, um, so last rev, they, we introduced the concept of, you know, you can use, You know, when you set up your simulation, the objective is, you know, I wanna minimize or I wanna maximize my compliance. And so basically make it super stiff or super soft. Um on the structural side, last rev, you had the ability to actually specify like what should that essentially strain energy be. So Mm -hmm. if I wanna make sure that I'm whittling away material, but I don't drop below a certain load carrying capacity. Mm -hmm. um, obviously a little bit kind of a power user, you have to, you know, power user in the sense that, you know. You kind of have to know how stiff your part should be, how much load right. it needs to, and, and obviously all this is going to depend on like, you know, the deflection and the load and, and all this other stuff. So, that was on that was last rev on the structural side. Same thing now appears on the thermal side. Okay. So, and I keep on trying to wrap my head around, because I think you enter it in terms of watts per, and I can never remember if it is bad, like is watt yeah. power or... Energy, something like it's watts it's, per C, not per C. Watt, it's a watt Celsius kind of. It says the okay. units are a little odd to me. I need that to. It's a s- odd, yeah. I need yeah. to sit down and wrap my head around that. But it's really, you know, it's it's the same it's the thing. the Thermal
0: it, stiffness of the part.
1: Yeah, yeah, the thermal compliance, making sure that um you know regardless of whatever constraints i have i still have the same ability to transmit heat right, right. Uh, through my part so mm-hmm. uh again that's uh, kind of a power user but you know it's a, it's a you know any type of power user uh tool is is a, or a feature, it or feature is a good thing yeah um and so yeah and then you know i, I think there's some cool beta stuff um yeah and, yeah. and i feel bad because i'm like I've, i feel like i'm uh like, it's that meme of like the guy walking with his girlfriend and another girl walking <laughs> behind him. And yes, it's like, all that I'm, is really cool. I'm but... like, all these, I'm walking with these release features. And I'm like, ooh, what are these beta features? <laughs> and um, and it's because the big one to me is the directed energy deposition. Yeah. does not that that's exciting? Yeah. So it's exciting for a couple reasons. One, you know, that's technically been there. Um, you, you just had you just had to know your your way around APDL and how mechanical structured everything. So so it was it was there for like two percent of the population maybe. Um, and now there's a wizard that walks you through it. So you have to download it, install it, that kind of stuff. But it's also the first time that G code has been or the ability to read in G code. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know if, if you're not aware, G code is. I actually had to go back and, and kind of reread it. Right. It's, it's it, reminds, <laughs> it. It reminds me of like like being in school and like your intro to programming when you would mm. say like to like some turtle or whatever, it's like move forward 10 paces, <laughs> then turn left 90 <laughs> degrees. then to, and So it's yes. kind of like those instructions, a bit bit less verbose, but something like that. And so, you know, you can think of, um, you know, it has the ability to read G code in order to f- build uh groups of elements that are basically hey print print in this sequence so um from the standpoint of you know we there the ability to do powder bed fusion has always been there right uh but you start looking at other manufacturing methods and that that you know this kind of opens the door to, to other avenues um and speaking of other uh manufacturing um uh methods there's um, uh, I actually don't remember if this is in the documentation and I don't want to get in trouble for anything so okay uh, well, we'll, if, we'll you're, if you're looking time. at other other methods uh, there's stuff coming, coming. Um, And if you find it in the documentation in the release notes then you good. Know, it's good for you. I was hiding that secret that everyone knew about <laughs> um, And then yeah uh, the, the last one um, if you turn beta features on and you're running an optimization study, um, there's an output setting to where you can actually write out, um, I think it's a VTK output, yep. mm-hmm. of you know, stresses, displacement, temperature on the actual optimized iteration. So, um, you know, if you created this optimization simulation, ran it and asked for a stress below a certain value in order to actually see the stress that it was being solved for, you'd have to do your entire validation simulation. Now you can specify write out you know all the iterations the last one that kind of stuff and actually view the result on the optima basically that whittled down mesh um uh, because it's a VTGA file you have to have insight or pair of you in order to view it but um it's it's the first step to something that you
0: know is needed that's that's really a powerful thing that we need to have and well that's that's good i mean the beta features they'll be released once they're QA'd, so it's a good thing and yeah. So i i'm super well eventually i'm super stoked about uh, <laughs> no. direct yeah, energy. Yeah. um that's you know we we've, we've had powder bed like you said for a long time and direct energy is is a growing especially in the rocket business mm-hmm. a growing way to build large structures and uh, being able to to model that's going to be important
1: uh-huh. right right and and again like there's a wizard now that kind of walks you through it so it's 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 a, it's a um you yeah, know there, there's there, there's always a the the that differentiator between can you solve it and can other people use it, and, and, right. so, and so it's like yeah, the math's there. Like like it, we can we can definitely solve it. Um, just making it more accessible um, is is always a good thing. Well, awesome.
0: Uh, that's cool. Um, so you know the the additive suite, like you said, is a big suite. There's a lot of tools in there. There's a lot of little enhancements and bug fixes that we won't eat to bother covering. Mm-hmm. But you know if you're if you're doing powder bed fusion and now directed energy stuff. Um, you should definitely take a look at what's available now in this new release. And it sounds like fantastic news. The help's really useful. So yeah. that's a <laughs> big help.
1: Yeah. 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 And the, the help's useful. Um, you know, some of the, the licensing kind of changed at least from uh, how I remembered. So, you know, if, if this was something that like was looked at before and, you know, you only needed, know one piece rather than all of it kind of thing so that, so there's a, a couple different ways that you can kind of get into uh the simulation side Good. so Good. um and i say that now and i'm blanking on the specifics of it yeah. i just remember that um, it was simplified i remember well, well it was it was it's kind of like like um you know if you want to do this you have to have all of this stuff and now right. um, there there's a couple other there's there's basically a different way you know, depending on, on what you're trying to simulate, there, there's ways to get a, uh, you know, uh, you know, not to like sound like a used car salesman, but you know, we we, we can get you into this baby. What do you want your price. monthly payments. To <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so, so yeah, oh. you know, depend, depending depending what you're doing, there, there's 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 uh, ways to get into it. Do you really want your kids to see you
0: drive home from work and that additive tool? <laughs> right.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome. Um, I love it um i love seeing how it's improving over time and and beginning to see other technologies in there and getting faster as well so lots of good enhancements for for people doing this and uh, as always if you have any questions you know definitely reach out Um, the the webinar is in uh bright talk uh that you gave i think last week was it um
1: so, Time's meaningless, but that sounds
0: right. That sounds right. I, I, you're <laughs> uh, right. I October know.
1: lasted three days. So. That's right. <laughs> yeah, <exactly> right. <laughs> I don't know anymore. That's
0: exactly right. I, I have no idea where where literally where I am or what what month it is, but I I know that it's colder than it was. Right.
1: Uh, you're wearing a jacket, so you. Know I'm wearing you're not a jacket in Arizona. <laughs> not in Arizona anymore. And there's
0: there's actually a large body of water in front of me, which is another. Yeah. And, and, a snow-capped mountains in the background. Right, so I know, right. I know.
1: It's, it's a large body <laughs> of water that that isn't a flooded Arizona highway. That's a, that's <laughs> so exactly
0: right, exactly right. Yes.
1: So um, I always appreciate uh, filling us
0: in on all this stuff. And do check out the webinar. If you have any questions, check out the help. If you have any questions, and definitely reach out if you have any questions. Yeah. And we will talk to you soon. Have a good uh, rest of the week. Enjoy.
1: Definitely.
0: Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. I always enjoy catching up with Doug, regardless of the topic. The ANSYS additive suite is a really good one though to uh, spend time discussing and it just keeps getting better and better. If you've not used it before or not used it in a while and you do metal additive manufacturing, do check it out. Speaking of which, are you looking for 3D printing supplier? Maybe you don't have your own equipment in-house, you have special needs, or your machines are busy all the time. PDT is not only an ANSYS elite channel partner, we are one of the most respected 3D printing service providers in the country. Why, you may ask? For the same reason why we are also so respected in the ANSYS community. Our in-depth technical knowledge, ability to explain the technology to others, and how we work side by side with our customers to deliver the solutions they actually need. We have most of the major 3D printing technologies in-house, and you won't, find any, uh, won't really find many places with engineers who know as much as ours do about the topic. So reach out and let us quote your next build, whether it's plastic, metal, color, Uh, Weird materials, not so weird materials, you need a lot of parts, you need a few parts, Uh, regardless of what it is, um, if you need somebody you can work with and that is a technical expert, uh, consider PADT for your 3D printing. So let's move on to news. Uh, While we were celebrating our 100th episode here on the podcast, ANSYS uh, released their uh, Q3 numbers and the stock market liked what they saw. Uh, They made some big gains. They closed on November 4th at 409.97, which is the first time over 400 in quite some time, and they peaked that day at 411, which is just a smidge under their uh, all-time high, so they got really close to hitting that number again. Um, Last Friday, on the 12th of November, they finished at 391.82, so that's where they'll start off uh, this morning in New York on Wall Street. So uh, looking at the data for the year, that's up, sitting at 391.82, is up 7.7% for the year to date. Uh, As comparison, the S&P 500 is up just under 25% for the year so far. Altair is the only stock kind of in the group of simulation tools um, uh, and CAD kind of related stuff that is up um, more than Ansys at 35.41%. So they're having a great growth year. Autodesk is below Ansys at 5.9%. Again, Ansys was at 7.7% so far this year. And PTC is up only 1.86% for the year. So um, not a great year for CAE and CAD stocks, uh, unless you're out there. But um, Ansys is definitely doing better. I guess you can't really complain about a 7% gain uh, year over year. But um, let's move on and look at those numbers that, um, you know, I never understand how Wall Street works, but I assume they help drive those uh, stock price up. So uh, they had a couple weeks ago, they announced record Q3 annual um, account value and cash flow as part of their uh, Q3 financial uh, uh, discussion with investors. Um, they, so, all these numbers are going to be generally accepted accounting numbers, G-A-A-P. Um, and, of course, you can you can do accounting different ways, but this is the way that everybody is using the same measures. So, for Q3, ANSYS saw $441.2 million in revenue. And that brings the year-to-date revenue to $1.251 billion. This time last year, at the end of Q3, they were at $1.057 billion. So uh, a nice increase in revenue of uh, a little bit over $200 million um, through Q3. Profit was $85.3 million for the quarter. And... Um, that makes it $251.5 million for the year so far, and that's 15% better than they were at this point last year. Cash is sitting at just over $1 billion, $1.081 billion, and long-term debt is at $753. And uh, I usually don't talk about this, but I, but maybe it has to do with the stock price. They are predicting for 2021 that they will end up at $1.86 or $1.9 billion in revenue. With earnings of 4 to $5 per share um, profit, type of a thing. So um, they're predicting a good end of the year, but not hitting that $2 billion mark. So strong numbers and plenty of cash for what we like um, more developers and more acquisition. So we'll continue to see that grow and do better, hopefully. In other ANSYS news, uh, there's only one story of Note by itself that I'll talk about in a second. But there's a lot of announcements. If you look at the press releases and news stories that Ansys puts out, where they talk about partnerships with large companies or even some small companies, and these are usually um, where they're they're kind of work together in a certain area to make the software better and to make the product or the customer better. And since October 27th, there were quite a few. Uh, TSMC, the big chip manufacturer, partnered with Ansys for thermal solutions for IC chips. Honeywell uh, partnered with them for safety critical software. Seagate, the disk drive um, um, dominant company, is expanding their uses of ANSYS. They're, they've been a long time ANSYS user, so they're expanding that even more throughout the company. And then a small company called Oculi is working with ANSYS to reimagine how automotive radar systems work. So this is for autonomous cars and using ANSYS products to to design and uh, play with the radar systems on those. And then the last one during this short period that they announced was Panasonic Automotive is going to streamline their functional safety analysis using the ANSYS products. So you can see these are all over the place, from thermal to AI to you know, uh, safety um, simulation. So some pretty cool stuff going on out there, these large companies, and that usually ends up in better software in the long run. And the last bit of uh, ANSYS news was that AGI, a product that ANSYS acquired a few years ago, remember that's a mission simulation tool. Um, They won the Presidential Award for Exports, so congratulations to that team. And basically, for just selling a lot of software overseas, I think is basically what the award is for. So, uh, great job there, and congratulations to that team. In PADT news, we did a press release last week on the fact that PADT engineers were listed in 16 patent awards um, that were given out in 2020 and 2021. So, we were listed, our employees were listed as the co inventor. Uh, with our customers or, uh, with their previous employer. So, um, pretty cool to see that many different names on patents of so 16. And that's the most actually that our employees have been listed on for a two year period and really is a testament to the technical expertise and the innovation of our staff. And they were all across the board everything from, uh, 3d printing to golf technology to medical devices. Um, it was some pretty, pretty cool stuff to see. And, uh, Uh, You can check that out. I'll talk about it uh, on a blog post. I also want to point out that uh, PDT continues to grow, and we have a bunch of openings, and many are ANSYS-related. So if you know someone that is looking for a job, um, most of these positions are um, pretty flexible on where they can be. Some are in Arizona, but um, most of them are pretty much uh, anywhere within our sales territory, or if it's one of the engineering positions, uh, we're being pretty flexible on those so the first one is a, a couple openings for account manager, basically helping sell Ansys. We are also looking for an Ansys customization software developer and an application and support engineer that knows mechanical. So the first one would be you know, using ACT and uh, C-sharp and things like that to, to write custom software for customers. And the second one is, is working with our support team, uh, answering support questions and being an application engineer for the mechanical product. We're also looking for a design engineer, uh, embedded software engineer, so somebody that knows how to write embedded code. And then our Ansys sales team, actually our Ansys and Stratasys sales team, is getting so busy that they need to add another administrative assistant uh, to that team to help process orders and help customers out. So that's a great opening, even if you're not an engineer. And some, know somebody that's not an engineer, that is looking to work in the world of engineering. It's a great entryway to join our team. And last, but certainly not least, is with the acquisition of ZMAX. Of course, we are looking to add optical engineers to our staff. So if you're an optics person, and you're interested in working at PADT, or any of these other positions, or you know somebody that is, reach out uh, to us. You can go to pdtinc.com and click on the careers uh, tab at the top of the page um, and you can learn more about each of these positions and also how to apply. In publications, there's been a lot put out there on the ANSYS blog because we, well, we skipped a couple weeks of talking about what it was. I picked three that I think are worth digging into. The first is a new look, and age-old process, a mixing simulation. So it's basically how to use fluent to and, and, a, and a cool wizard in fluent to do mixing in a large tank, which is pretty cool. Um, The second one is reach optimum design and reducing charging time with ANSYS wireless charging system analysis. So it's kind of a cool uh, uh, article about how to use HFSS to do this kind of charging simulation. But I really liked it because every time I click my iPhone against that little magnet and it starts to charge, I of course think about, well, how does that work? And why is it unique? And why does the cheap charger that I bought uh, online, not work as well as the Apple charger. So some answers to those questions from a simulation standpoint in that article. And the last one that I like is how uh, people are using artificial intelligence and simulation combined together to do better in motorsports. So get around that track faster, um, basically running lots of different simulations and training your, your artificial intelligence system using that. So cool use of the technology. always like auto racing. Uh, the only event that i've got on the calendar right now is a webinar on the 17th so wednesday on electronics reliability updates and ansys 2021 r2 so definitely check that out uh, other stuff going on uh PAT the rest of the year well not much uh we're kind of winding down for the year so we're not going to a lot of events and things like that um, and then uh, ansys wise i didn't find anything of significant um, events there But I did want to remind folks that if you want to know what webinars ANSYS is putting on, what events they're putting on around the world, um, the best way to get to their event pages is to search on your favorite search engine for ANSYS and then events, ANSYS events, and it gets to the events page really quickly that way, and um, they not only have a long list of things going on, but you can filter by region, by product, by interest, so you can really find events that you're interested in uh, that ANSYS puts on directly. So that's it from this uh, uh, podcast recording from southern Colorado in a parking lot. Um, I, it would be, it's, a, it's a really nice uh, facility. It's not, it, it, I think if you want to imagine kind of a cheesy uh, motel along the highway, you can. That's not what it's like. Um, it's actually quite nice, and I'm going to miss it uh, going back to the desert uh, today. So I want to thank everybody. Don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter at www.pdpinc.com slash opt-in. Um and uh, spread the word. Don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you for joining us for the All Things Answers podcast, episode 101. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with Answers Inc. and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only and not of their current or former employer. For more information, visit wwwpdtinccom blog, and please share your thoughts and questions through an email to podcast at p-a-t-i-n-c.com. See you next time.